Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, Legit Fox, and you're watching Going In Raw. You like that? What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife, Marie. <laughs> and you are going in Smackdown Live. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, Brendel, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell. And if you're listening to us on an audio podcast, uh, if you're on CastBox, be sure to sub to Going In Raw. If you're on the Apple iOS podcast app, be sure to leave us a rating or review uh, and uh, tell your friends. We are reviewing the WWE 2018 UK United Kingdom Tournament, Lawson. Championship Tournament. Championship Tournament. So the winner of this tournament this year, because last year... So my Sharpies. Tranquilo. The winner last year was declared the first United Kingdom champion. Yeah. But since there already is champion, winner got chance at champion. Right. On day two, they got to fight champion. This time, it's Pete Dunne. Yeah. Was champion. And uh, so, yeah. uh, The first round was... So, last year, we saw everything, right? Yeah. This year, the first round was at the Download Festival. It's a music festival. I believe those matches somewhere. They exist somewhere. Oh, do they? They might be on YouTube. They were they were filmed. Yeah, so I guess okay. we can't. Re- we're not really reviewing the entire tournament because we didn't see. We didn't watch any of those. We're reviewing the two days that were on the WWE Network, and that's it. Yeah. Because like afterwards, I was like, "What happened to El Ligero? And it's like well, he was out in the first round. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, it wasn't really a great introduction to half these people. Over half these people. But in any event, we got. There's a limited time, man. They can't show everything on the network. On day one, we got the. Uh, the entire semifinals, quarter semis and finals, quarter semis and finals, 
and a fantastic, uh, fun six-man tag match. Oh, yeah. Featuring uh, the best thing in wrestling right now, the Undisputed Era. No, two best things in and wrestling. And the other best thing in wrestling right now, British Strong Style. Yeah. Uh, but over, well, first, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's talk overall. This is usually how we do recaps. Review kind of overall, general thoughts, impressions. Um, it's fun shows. Yeah, fun no. shows. Oh, they were fun. Yeah, the matches were good. You made kind of an interesting point. No, no, I, I, after considering it. Mm -mm. Yeah, okay. Nah. I feel like last year was sort of the cream of the crop. And then this year was, there was a lot of cream there. Yeah. Um, but I think, so. Well, what I said initially when I walked in today, I was like, oh, I think the, the lineup this year was deeper than last year. Yeah. But then after we reviewed the brackets, I was like, no, nah, that's not the case. It's just, I just watched this now. And so it's, it's was a it recency bias. Yeah, sure. I just saw this. So I think yeah. it's deeper, but after looking at it, no, not really. When you consider that, I would say four, I would say this four out of the top six overall pro wrestlers this year, or I'm sorry, in, in all, if you take both groups, you mash them together. Four of the top six were in last year's tournament. British Strong Style and Mark Andrews. Yeah. And then I would say. And none of them were in it this year. And yeah, exactly. And then, the, and so like, so I would put Zach Gibson in the top six. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. probably put him like number four behind British Strong Style, be honest with you. Yeah. Maybe, then, even, then, maybe even three behind Pete Dunne and Trent Seven. And then you got Joe Coffey, who had a really good Joe showing. Coffey. You have Travis Banks, Travis who's really Banks. good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, no one's. Oh, and Jordan Devlin's really good too. He he's put he's on. He's really good. He's put on some muscle from last year. He's really good. I'm bummed out he didn't last longer. I know. I wish he would have gone at least to the quarters. I know. Um, who did he fight to that moved on to the Flash quarters? Morgan Webster? Yeah, he should have lost in the quarters. I wasn't not huge on him. Even though he is the guy who at PWG said to me, bruise away, because I had the bruise away shirt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I just don't like the mod gimmick. I really, I don't like that. What if he, what if he lost the, the coat and well, the helmet? That would appease you because that was your point, but I agreed with it. It's too much. It's, to me, it's this. If he just came out in the suit, I'd be all right with it. So like mod culture was like, had its genesis in the 60s British music scene, basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, out of which sprung the Who and so on and so forth. Yes. They're associated with that And they scene. made a concept album about the scene called Quadrophenia. Right. Adapted into a movie. Yes. Yeah. So, like, what would you consider the American, uh, a comparable American parallel to the culture? I would think it's like... Hippies would be post-mods. Mods were more mid-60s. Yeah, so it would be... Like, like, like a beatnik? No, beatnik's too early. No, I know. I'm just trying to think of a mid-60s... Okay, so what would you thing. consider? What would you consider early Pink Floyd? Remember uh, how they had like the the, the shirt? I mean, it was kind of mod-ish, but mod is a very no, British. Thing. Yeah, well, Pink Floyd's a British band. Okay, what? Well, yeah, no, I get that. You're you're right. You're right. Uh, but that style that came to America, anyways, it was very psychedelic. Psychedelic, yeah. Yeah, the psychedelic thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's an, an, an a, a analogous uh, it's hip, I mean, it, like, cultural thing it, in America. Hip, I mean, hip, hippie would be kind of. I'm not. No, I'm not saying like necessarily during that time period, but a cultural movement that was That's dictated by style and music. Reasonably analogous and from the 60s. Yes, I understand yeah. your, your larger point. Yes. Yeah. So it'd be like if somebody had a hippie gimmick, which nobody wants to see that. 
You know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just I'm not into it, man. <laughs> he has the body of like a 15 year old. The the thing kicked off though with Jack Gallagher. Why don't we get this Jack Gallagher all the time? He was good. Was a really good Jack Gallagher match. He was good. Yeah. We've seen we've seen we've seen good Jack Gallagher uh, last when he has match against Mustafa Ali in the cruiserweight championship tournament mm-hmm. um, after Enzo got fired. Yeah. Um, and that that was an awesome match. Yeah, it was fantastic. Because for the first time, you know, this is after, that was after Gallagher had turned heel, and they were saying, "Ooh, Gallagher, he likes being cruel." Yeah. But he was just doing like headlocks and stuff. It's yeah, not right. terribly cruel, <laughs> right? As yeah. in comparison to some other stuff, we like Zack Saber Jr. He puts in those moves. Ooh, that looks like that's cruel. Yeah. And we didn't see that, anything like that from Jack Gallagher until the Mustafa Ali Mustafa Ali match. Yeah. And then this match against Zach Gibson that, that kicked off the network specials. Um, he was working face, mm-hmm. but he managed to, which he was always good at um, in the cruiserweight division on 205 mm-hmm. Live. He's yeah. always very entertaining. Yeah. In this match, he managed to merge his face uh, approach in the ring, but then uh, toss in some of the, 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 the heelish tactics, not tactics, but moves. You know, well, you have, yeah, I think also with him, like, with so it felt like a pure amalgam of what Jack Gallagher can actually do when you're when deal- not encumbered by the feel, ha- uh, heel face dynamic. When you're dealing with Zach Gibson, you have to get a little tougher. I think that was kind of part of the point. Yeah. Um, but also, no, I, 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 I agree with you completely. Um, there's two guys in this tournament. I'm sorry, there's two guys during this programming that I noticed were decidedly happier working in the UK thing than they have been recently. And it's Jack Gallagher seemed really happy to be doing what he was doing. And Tyler Bate yeah. was a sea change. He was like the old Tyler Bate that, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who put on the five-star match with Pete Dunn at mm-hmm. TakeOver mm-hmm. a year ago. Um, you know, lately, whenever he's shown up, it's been like, I feel like he's just not into it. And we had heard some rumors about some backstage heat over whatever. And, you know, you always take that with a grain of salt. But if that's the case, and he's just happy to be back in the UK and working in the UK division with some sense of purpose, especially and then working with British Strong Style and winning the NXT uh, Tag Championships, man, it showed because he was crisp and intense and passionate, creative and cr- very creative. Exactly. Um, let's start off with uh, this Jack Gallagher versus Zach Gibson match. Yeah. Um, uh, cool shout out from Jack Gallagher to Johnny Saint. We did Lady of the Lake. Mm-hmm. Got himself up in a little ball. Yeah, that was fun. Great stuff. Um, basic story was Gibson was working over Gallagher's left arm, getting him ready for Shankly Gates, which is kind of like a, 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 a camel clutch, but instead of doing the full Nelson, no, sorry, instead of do, draping the, the arms over the legs, mm-hmm. you get a double wrist lock, Kimura type deal. So you're getting pressure on the arm plus the lower back. Yeah. Looks painful. Yeah, it does. Um, so he was setting up Gallagher for Shankly Gates. Uh, Gallagher had this spot that was great. I don't think he's ever done this in 205 Live. He pretty much does a sunset flip while uh, uh, Gibson's laying on his back, I think. Grabs him by the head, rolls him over into a rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, it was neat. It was really cool. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, Gibson gets to the bottom ropes. Um, Gallagher hits his quarter drop kick, which used to be his finisher. Mm-hmm. Gibson kicks out. Yeah. And this was great. Gallagher goes for the headbutt, and Gibson went... Throat thrust. Yeah. Uh, Gibson was booked really strong here. He was, he was the entire tournament. tournament. The entire this tournament. This is probably like his... He kicked out of a lot of stuff. This is probably... This match was maybe 15 minutes long. Yeah. This might might have been his steepest challenge up until the, the, the his match against Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because by the time he got to the finals of the tournament, Travis Banks had been se- severely compromised. Yeah, he had yeah, he'd been beat up by uh, coffee. Yeah. But in the end, 
Um, uh, Gibson tosses Gallagher into the ring post, follows it up with, with uh, Shankly Gates. Gallagher has to tap out. But give us more of this Jack Gallagher in, in, on 205 Live, please. Screw that, man. Just bring him to the UK. Tournament. Or that, because we saw another former 205 Live competitor apparently uh, make his debut in NXT UK. Yeah. Noam Dar on day two. Jacked. Man, he looked great. Yeah, he looked amazing. Wow. He looked fantastic. Can we talk about this next match? It's hilarious. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe Coffey Joe versus Coffey. Dave Mastiff. So it was Hoss kinda, fight. Yeah, it was a Hoss fight. So it was kind of like... One of these guys was, in my opinion, a lot better than the other. It was Joe Coffey. <laughs> was a lot better. It was like anything you could, anything Mastiff could do, Coffey could do better. And uh, so I was just more interested in Joe Coffey. What do you think of? What do you think of that double fun splash I spot? That was great. They both fun splash yeah, each other. because that, that's how it sort of started off. They they started doing the run into each other. The, the shoulder tackles. The yeah. shoulder tackles into each other. See who you know fall first. And then they finished it, that sort of thing. It was just a stalemate. So they finished it with a double fun, fun splash. They both just sort of laid there for a while. See, I, I think what... what Coffee just came off as, like, not as big, obviously. Not as stout as, as Mastiff. Obviously taller, because everybody is. Um, but... Some of the stuff that Coffee was doing was like ridiculously athletic well, I think for that, his but I size. Think more so than that is that I just think in this instance, Coffee just showed a lot more personality. There's that too, but there's there is that. I'll I'll agree completely with that. And I'll I'll put it this way: I'm not down on Dave Mastiff. I think um, I think there's a place for him, especially if Coffee and his brother are going to be in the tag team division, mm-hmm. which might which be, seems the case, to be the case. Yeah, because they already have like he positioned himself as potentially. Like one of the top heels, but then Zach Gibson's sitting there, so they might be redundant. And so if the Coffee Brothers, boys, whatever, are like in a tag team, yeah. like as a top heel tag team, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, it's just when I was sort of just watching like the move set, the match itself, I was like, well, Coffee's, you know, they've got that thing now where you have a Haas who's impressively athletic, yeah. who can do more things than a Haas typically can. Yeah. And I saw that with Coffee. I didn't necessarily see oh, that with Matt. No, I, I agree with that. But, yeah. but, I th- but, you know, I think. For me, but on top more, of that, even more so, I think, yeah. is is what really separated them was that Coffee was either given the opportunity or just took it upon himself, or just is is a more is more natural in terms of of, of showing off his personality. You got a ring. better idea of who he is. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so yeah, Joe Coffee ended up going over with a spinning clothesline. Yeah, his clothesline afterwards he gave an interview saying, "I'm coming for you, Pete Dunn." His match with Travis Banks was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good, especially his side of things. Um, because because like you, you you sort of mentioned this later on you're like they didn't really let Travis Banks work heel which is where he works well best. not so much working heel but they just positioned him as traditional underdog babyface and when we've seen him he's like the most intense guy in the ring and they didn't necessarily focus on that until the number one contender match day two, day two yeah. which brought out a bit more of that which yeah. is, and and I think in terms of character he came off a lot better yeah sure. Uh, after that, we had Flash Morgan Webster with uh, versus uh, Jordan Devlin. Um, I really like Jordan Devlin. They mm-hmm. really emphasize commentary in the little package before. Really emphasized <clears throat> how he's made the most of his uh, time over the past year. Uh, really, you know, looking better, honing his craft, winning a lot, winning a lot. They mentioned that he had been winning a lot. He beat like Cassius Ono in one fight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He looks like he put on another five to ten pounds of muscle too. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. You, you call it, yeah, it's totally Destino. Yeah, it is a Destino. Yeah. Did they call it that? No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Only one person calls it that. 
But no, yeah, I mean, Flash Morgan, he has like some cool stuff going on. Like, he, yeah, his his running corner knee is great. Yeah, he's that's got good. some decent high flying stuff. He's got some good, yeah, you know, suicide dive stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some topes. He's, that yeah, I like. he's a he's a pretty decent wrestler. He's good. I don't know how old he is. He's probably. I don't know either. It's just the gimmick he he can't get past, huh? I don't know. And also, like, he just doesn't look that impressive. Like, I want a dude who looks like freaking impressive. Okay, you know the old adage that they say Triple H says, I need a guy who looks like he can kick somebody's butt. He doesn't look like he can kick anybody's butt. He really doesn't. And I kind of I, I kind of agree with Triple H's assessment. Like, you look at Aleister Black, holy crap. You look at Joe Coffey, holy crap. Yeah, Even yeah. Travis Banks, when he's in the mode, it's like, man, that dude. You yeah, know? Yeah. And he's got kind of a grizzled face. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has yeah. an older face. Um, Flash just kind of looks like kid. So. All right. That's that's it. I'm not really dogging the guy. No, I know. I'm just saying. Is this, I, isn't your I've got my predilections, yeah. man. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I have no idea. That's weird. Well, go to uh, cage, his cage match page. Wikipedia. I would think. I mean, he's been wrestling for a while. There you go. Has he, though? I thought so. He debuted in 2009. Jeez, he's been can't wrestling be that for yet. nine years. Unless he started when he was like 13. That's entirely possible. He doesn't look like he's 22. He looks older than that. Um, next, oh, uh, Flash Morgan Webster went over with uh, Destino. I don't remember what they what they called it. Hey, you know, I'll say this about Webster though. His so I watched like a three minute long highlight package. Yeah, I've seen him. that too. Yeah, and he and like maybe he's just maybe they just like he did, he's one of those guys who does like a lot more stuff when he's out on the indie circuit because they let people do whatever. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I mean, there was that part in uh, I think they showed some of, uh, in his introductory package him doing like cross bodies into the crowd onto chairs and right, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I want to see a bit more of that. Yeah, I know. They didn't do that though. Uh, after that, we had yeah, but like you said, Webster won with uh, Destino. Um, after that, Travis Banks versus Ashton Smith. Ashton Smith came off like a dude who'd be on 205 Live as local enhancement talent. Travis Banks is cool. I yeah, like him. Travis Banks is great. I like that you're looking at shoes right now. Well, there's some hot releases dropping today, Steve. I legitimately like that you're looking at that. Oh, I think cool. It's great. Cool. Uh, yeah, Travis Banks, uh, like you said, they didn't really let him do the intensity thing. Well, I mean, they, they, they build him as the Kiwi buzzsaw. Yeah. He seemed totally affable in this little interview bit. <laughs> like, just down to earth and just, you know, right, seemed like yeah. came across as a cool guy. Yeah, sure. Not necessarily like a buzzsaw. Right, right. Yeah. But he won the match. Yeah. I like Travis Banks a lot. I think yeah. he's got a lot of potential. He's a progress world champ right now. Um, That's seems right. Like, That's right. He is. Seems like based on what happened day two, he's going to be more involved. Um, when is the next progress taping? Oh, I don't know. Who's the, new, next the next in, chapter? Who, yeah, when's the next chapter? Who's next in line? Because you You're keep, more up to date on progress than I am. Yeah, I'm, as you see, I'm asking you right now, so I am not up to date. Uh, after that, we had a... Oh, Travis Banks went over with the Kiwi Crusher. Yes. I know if he said that. Uh, we had a triple threat, number one contender match for the Women's NXT Championship. Tony Storm, Killer Kelly, which is like my favorite name, and Isla Dawn. Ginny Couture was supposed to be in this match, but apparently... She got concussed. She got, ouch. Oof, mm-hmm. that brain rattled, man. That's no good. Um, this is a fun match, though. It was. Tony Storm's the best. She is literally the best across the board at everything. She's fantastic. She picked up the win uh, on Isla Dawn after her Storm Zero finisher. She's not going to be able to. She's, she was big on pile drivers up till now because of the WWE, right? Or, like, she can't do them anymore because of WWE. But she was big on pile drivers, I think, right? Uh, was yeah. the Storm Zero a pile driver in the first place? It was more. I, th- I thought it was like uh, a Trent's finisher. Oh, oh, really? I thought so. Huh. 
That's interesting. Her match against Shayna Baszler the next really good, fantastic. Maybe really good. the best Shayna Baszler matches there been. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, but no, this was great. It was basically, I mean, basically the match was kind of like Killer Kelly and Isla Dawn trying to get Tony Storm out of the way so they could fight. Yeah, um, but then Tony Storm eventually came back in. Zero uh, Storm Zero on uh, Isla Dawn. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had uh, Triple H came out. He introduced, all business. He introduced Johnny Saint. Yeah. And made the announcement that we had already heard, but still, it was cool to see it. Uh, there will be a dedicated United Kingdom show mm-hmm. and brand, NXT United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, going to have, obviously, Pete Dunne still as champion. Mm-hmm. Then you're also going to have a tag division and a women's division. Yep, yep. Exciting stuff. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And there's an interesting, like this one, they just did a, a dedicated uh, United Kingdom Championship Tournament uh, graphic package to open. Mm-hmm. On day two, I'll just mention this now, yeah. it was the NXT intro. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure as they'll do as they do the show, they'll cut it footage in of United Kingdom stars, so it's not right. North American NXT. Yeah, stars. because yeah, because it was strictly they didn't even cut anybody in. They didn't even cut like Pete Dunne in there. I just had an idea. Okay, sorry. Okay. So you know now we got the United Kingdom division for NXT UK. Warm in here. You got uh, Adam Cole as North American champion yeah. for NXT North America. What do you think the possibility is that the NXT champion? I know uh, Triple H in his global localization deal said that these uh, territories, if you will, such the as NXT champ would be like the NWA champ. Kind of. That's what I'm wondering if that might happen. Like you know, I'm not saying he's going to be on the road 350 days a year like Ric Flair was back in the day. Yeah. But uh, if they're going to have the NXT champion go to these international territories from time to time. To take on uh, the that those territories' top stars. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was some amount of crossover, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't think they know either. I know. Well, I mean, the way Triple H put it, it was it was you know like NXT would be top NXT, mm-hmm. and all the territorial NXTs would feed North American NXT, and from there there's a path um, to Raw and SmackDown. Well, you know, I'll say this: given how supremely over the undisputed era was might behoove them to do something like oh, that I know. you know to, because you you know the obviously the the UK crowd isn't going to get to see UK prime all that often mm-hmm. so it would be just another excuse to bring them over you know a couple mm-hmm. times a year maybe mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah just a couple times a year I don't know it wouldn't surprise me I think that'd be great I mean Triple H is a big history guy yeah so it wouldn't surprise me if he you know thought that'd be a cool idea to take if, that route if he patterned NXT after the old territorial yeah, days that'd be fascinating that would be pretty interesting uh, <clears throat> after that we had the first in our quarterfinal matchups no semifinal no. matchups yes, yes. Flash Morgan Webster versus Zach Gibson. I really actually dug this match. I should, I'm going to dial back on, on me talking crap about Flash uh, because uh, this started off with him just going after Zach Gibson with much intensity, with, uh, with being very fierce. Um, and uh, eventually, Zach Gibson, he was able to weather the storm and, uh, <laughs> and uh, make him tap out. Yeah, the, uh, the tides were... Whoa. Officially, kind of turned when uh, Flash Morgan Webster is going for the second of two suicide dives on Zach Gibson. Zach catch Zach Gibson must be kind of immune to suicide dives. That was kind yeah, of a, a storyline. Yeah, huh? um, so he catches uh, Webster during a suicide dive and then the suplexes him on the ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, gets back in the ring looking for a count out. Webster beats the ten count. However, Gibson puts him in the Shankly gates. Webster taps. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, it was a solid match. No, it was cool. I thought it was, you know, it's, it's, it was a great way to, to start the match off because he's obviously, Flash Morgan Webster is obviously smaller than Zach yes. Gibson. So he went after him and was like, whoa, he's trying to, you know, get, get the, the upper hand early. Get the upper hand early, exactly. Uh, after that, we had uh, our second semifinal match, Travis Banks versus Joe Coffey. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, again, a bit more intense than what we saw from either guy in their first matches. Uh, it ended up, it was kind of interesting. Ended up, I, I like this because it protected Joe Coffey, yep. and it gave him a reason to beat the crap out of Travis Banks, yep. which, of course, hindered Travis Banks going into his finals matchup. Immensely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he won with a ro- Banks won with a roll-up. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then Coffee annihilated him. And then, yeah, destroyed him afterwards. Threw him in a ring post. Uh, and then uh, in the main event, which was the finals, Travis Banks had not rib tape. Shoulder tape. Shoulder tape. Not rock tape. Yeah. Traditional tape. Like Daniel Bryan had in the main event of WrestleMania 30. Yes, correct. But before that, we had British Strong oh, Style man. versus Undisputed Era. This match was intensely. This was so much fun. British Strong Style and Undisputed Era. Have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Immense charisma. Mm-hmm. They're all incredibly talented wrestlers, and they're all incredibly creative. Yeah, and that's really the thing. And we were talking about um, I can't remember which was, match it was. And we've mentioned this before. I think on our Dominion recap about uh, how strong New Japan is when it comes to playing against one's expectations. And and NXT does a really good job of this, specifically. These two teams do an exceptional job of that and not only play against your expectations, do it in extremely creative ways. One trope of wrestling when you're when you're a fan, when you're really into it, is everybody has their finishing move. Everybody has their move set. Mm-hmm. And so as opposed to a lot of the time with wrestling across the board, from the Indies to Ring of Honor New Japan, WWE, you get Matches where just what you expect to have happens happens. I mean, there's almost there's almost certain beats within the match that certain performers will perform their moves at this segment of the match, and generally it goes off without a hitch. Exactly. But the better matches, mm-hmm. whether it be in New Japan on Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT, United Kingdom, anywhere, is when they, and maybe that's why they do it 85 percent of the time. Yeah, sure. They do things almost based on a script. So you see this happen, you expect this to happen. When it doesn't. It's, it seems like an incredible counter or something like that. Yeah. And then eventually they'll find a way within the context of the match to, out of the usual sequence, they will do that move. They will find a way to, to perform it. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that because yeah. it, ha- it didn't happen before. Right, yeah. When you expect one thing and then they play against that, mm-hmm. that makes for some really, really fascinating stuff. And when you have six guys, all of whom bring something different and interesting, and yet on each each side of the of of the ring, they all work in you know conjunction with each other because these teams have been around each other and known each other and been tagging with each other or fighting each other for so long, and then you get all these minds who know how to do these things at the top level to interact. You get a match like this mm-hmm. that is so much fun to watch, mm-hmm. and there's so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, down to the the moment where Tyler Bate goes for the bip and bop thing, and he goes for a bip for, with Adam Cole, and Adam Cole just super kicks him. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't see that happen. Usually, yeah, yeah. He always hits that one. Uh, Trent Seven, and uh, you had asked me if I would seen this before, and I was like, no. Uh, doled out two chops to Adam Cole, and then... Adam Cole expected a third, ducked and instead it. Ducked, ducked it, got a DDT. Yeah. 
So there was all sorts of that kind of stuff happening. Tyler Bate was on another freaking level during this match, too. When he does that thing where he springboards against the ropes yeah, like that, he launched over. Like, Pete Dunne was prone, like, sort of as a roadblock. In his path, yeah. In his path. He just leapfrogged him and then, you know, it springs him back over him, which, I mean, is basic physics, you know. But still, yeah, it was really impressive to watch. And it's kind of a risky maneuver right oh, yeah. there, you know, because the dude just laying there. Oh, I know, I know. And there's that spot where Tyler Bate... He has uh, Adam Cole up in the airplane spin. Mm. And then uh, there's Roderick Strong just laying on the mat. And so he's got Adam Cole over his shoulders. He yeah. grabs Roderick Strong's legs and spins both of them. And spin, yeah, spins them all at the same time. You see, you see Roderick Strong, like all that work on his core muscles lead to this moment. Paying off. Yeah, exactly. So, and the crowd was just eating it up. It's so funny just how over the Undisputed area is, though. <laughs> People love oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. much. So, I mean, it's funny because they booked, and it makes me, so, like, obviously the next night, Bridget Strong style, uh, or uh, Mustache Mountain, rather, yeah, yeah. went over and they won the NXT championships. Um, I'm sorry, the NXT tag championship. And you had mentioned, it was kind of curious that they had them go over night one, Bridget mm-hmm, Strong style. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of figure that, you know, the crowd that was there night one, because it's probably a different crowd than it was night two. I'm sure there are pe- plenty of people who yeah, probably yeah, got yeah. both tickets. But if you assume that there are people there night one, you kind of want to leave them with a good taste in their mouth. So let your local guys go over. Even though I honestly don't think anybody would have minded if Undisputed Era went over. Because they are so popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Um, so anyways, let's see here. Uh, Roger Strong also kicked out of a seven stars lariat. Uh, Dunn breaks up a pin after a uh, last shot from Adam Cole to Trent Seven. Mm-hmm. Finish saw the spot you mentioned mm-hmm. where uh, Tyler Bate pins Kyle O'Reilly after a, there's a combo thing that Trent Seven and Tyler Bate do where Trent Seven does a dragon suplex as as Tyler Bate does the springboard thing off the rope in clothesline. Yeah. But he had to do that over Pete Dunn in this mm-hmm. instance. And uh, British Strong Style picked up the win. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It was great. The crowd ate it up. It was fantastic. Uh, after that, we had uh, Shawn Michaels come out and drop a promo. Hey, look, man, it's Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah. it was You called it superfluous. Totally was. Yeah. But it's Shawn Michaels. And yeah. Like I was, yeah, can't boo HBK. You're not going to boo HBK. And no. I did like the little bit of history, which in a minor way justified him being there. Oh, yeah. It said 1991. He, he was he, in the first, first match. match yeah. at, at, I don't know if he said WWE's first show at Royal Albert Hall or what. That's but, what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And I think commentary said it was with the Rockers. It was when he was. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's the timeline, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we had our uh, main event, Travis Banks versus Zach Gibson. Uh, This is a fantastic match. Um, It saw uh, uh, Zach Gibson. uh, Destroyed Travis Banks' arm, and Travis Banks had to do whatever he could just to overcome walking into the match with an obvious, sorry, microphone disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. And so Zach Gibson was trying to get the Shankly Gates on during the, the length of the match. Obviously, you know, not just because it's, you know he's already finished a couple guys with it, but because uh, Travis Banks is extra susceptible to it because of a shoulder injury. Um, so that was sort of the story of the match, him trying to get that on and Banks mm-hmm. finding various ways to get out of it. He At one point, he was in it, got to the ropes. Uh, Gibson kicked out of a Kiwi Crusher. Gibson was kicking out of all, all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, man, he was booked really strong. Yeah. I guess which makes sense if they want to put the thought in fans' minds that there's a chance. Because Pete Dunne has been operating on a – completely different level oh yeah um if they want to put the thoughts in in fans mind that gibson has a legit chance mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna say he ran through this tournament 
but I didn't really feel like he was ever really challenged. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until you know? this, until the the championship match. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we had talked about this off camera. I guess we should probably talk about it now because that, so Zach Gibson ended up going over. He ended up getting Travis Banks to tap out. Yeah, it was a really fun match. Yeah, it was a really hard fought match. Um. Before we get started with day two, also we can mention. So everybody then Triple H, HBK, uh, Johnny Saint came to the ring. Zach Gibson was about to cut a promo. He asked for the mic. No, Pete Dunn comes out. They face off, um, setting up day two. Uh, day two is essentially the start of NXT UK. They yeah, yeah. Day one, and then like you said, they ran the NXT package, so they were kind of giving it that feel. The branding was NXT UK in terms of all the little matchup cards mm-hmm, and stuff, mm-hmm. and that was all really well done. Um, but the idea, I really think, to emphasize and build anticipation for NXT UK and to give Zach Gibson the sort of the real rub and push that he needed to be all right you're you're the you're the new dude right yeah, you're the yeah, new yeah, hot yeah, stuff yeah. right have him go over in the tournament at the end of day 2 yeah and then Pete Dunn, I'm coming after you, which sets up the actual NXT UK yeah, show. Yeah, give that a couple episodes, too, to build. Give it time to build, yeah. Right, exactly. Agreed. And even even put that on in a takeover or something. Yeah, because you know? I mean, at this point, know. it felt... When he had, had a spotlight for less than, like, 24 hours. Yeah, I know, I know. And it felt anticlimactic. Right, exactly. When he lost to Pete Dunn in the main event in day two. And it's, Whereas I remember the feeling, yeah. and remember the reaction to Tyler Bate when he won the initial tournament, he pins... Pete Dunn to win the match, and he's, he's overwhelmed yeah, instantly. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's a pretty memorable moment. And a star is born. Exactly. You know? And I don't get the sense here. I know, me too. And that's that's sort of the thing. It's it's an impossible... I'll put it this way. It's not an impossible situation, because I think the thing that I outlined would have worked better. Mm-hmm. But I understand the predicament where, okay, you want a title shot, uh, or you know, you, you want to have a title match on the on TV or on during this thing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait... Probably a month or so. Mm-hmm. When's the first tapings? July, mid July, mid July. So you're looking at a month before it's on TV. Um, but you know, you want Zach Gibson that that sort of looming threat to Pete Dunn. This is how they should end. Should it. be thick. That's how know? they should end it. The second uh, day contract signing. Yes, there you go. Exactly. Or no, that's actually the main event should have been the finals. Uh, uh, Zach Gibson makes uh, Travis Banks tap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Pete Dunn comes out as they have it on the end of day one, and and Zach Gibson destroys him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lays exactly. him out. Yeah, that's perfect. And drops a promo. This bell's gonna be mine. Come whenever the match happens. Yeah, give it a month, month or two to build. Yeah, give it time. Have a cliffhanger, man. Mm-hmm. Have a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the next day was fun. Uh, it started. It was basically. <laughs> it was the, especially his first match. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm it, was, sorry. it was it was later the, on, yeah. the NXT uh, tag match. No, this first match, Mustache oh, Mountain yeah. versus Undisputed oh, Era. Great match, fantastic match. Uh, Mustache Mountain ended up going over and uh, and winning those NXT tag championships. Um, but, man, this was so much fun. Oh, heck yeah. That spot where, again, Tyler Bate operating on a whole new, another level. So Tyler, Tyler, O'Reilly, or Tyler O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly has, uh, is on Tyler Bate's back with, with a rear naked choke. And then... Uh, Tyler Bate deadlifts Roderick Strong and German suplexes him while Kyle O'Reilly's still on his back. Yeah. Insane. Oh, man. Insane. Yeah. Um, at one point, Tyler Bate and, and Trent Seven hit their finish, the dragon suplex clothesline combo, mm-hmm. and then Roderick Strong pushes um, Trent Seven into Bate to break up the pinfall. Mm-hmm. So you, you as a viewer are thinking, oh, that was their chance to win. They're not going to do it now. 
And the crowd singing the crowd singing that too because their reaction when Mustache Mountain went over was just roof came yes, off. Yes, I guess place. again playing against expectations. But yeah. in the end, Mustache Mountain hit um, the uh, like Trent Seven did like a reverse Death Valley driver while Tyler Bate hit a knee from the top rope. Yeah, pick up the win, new NXT Tag Champions. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shocking. Great when, stuff when we heard about it. Yeah. On Twitter. Yes. Uh, a week before we saw it. <laughs> Next up, we had a Johnny St. Press conference. God bless his soul. He's still learning. I love that. He said, uh, we're going to have a number one contendership match to find out who's now that Zach Gibson's no longer nowhere in contender. He was less than 24 hours. Uh, we're going to have a fatal four. No, we're going to have a triple threat match. Yeah. Uh, and he said, Flash Morgan Webster. Versus Mark Andrews. Andrews versus Travis Banks. Versus Travis well, he said, Banks. Based on what I saw yesterday, Travis Banks and Flash Morgan Webster, and based on what I've seen for the last year, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but after that, uh, before that match, we had uh, Killer Kelly versus Charlie Morgan. Decent enough match. It was okay. Yeah. A couple sloppy moments here and there. But you know what? It's NXT. It's still developmental. They're mm-hmm. still learning. Mm-hmm. So good for them. That's a big spotlight to be on. It really anyways. is. And Charlie Morgan picked up the win with Roll Up. Mm-hmm. Killer Kelly still has a, a, a really great name. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had that number one contendership match. Mark Andrews versus Travis Banks versus Flash Morgan Webster. And before the match kicked off, those three participants were in the ring. And Johnny Saint come out, came out and said, hold on, fellas. This has now been declared fatal four-way by Her Majesty's Queen. He didn't say that. No, he didn't. But he said this is going to be a four-man fatal match. He actually did say yeah, that. Yeah, he it was did say funny. that. And uh, this guy right here is going to be in it. The the returning Noam Dar. He's got new pants. Jacked to the He's gills. jacked. He's got pants now, no longer wearing trunks. He looked like time itself. Yeah, he did. He looked fantastic. He had the entire universe on his jacket yeah. and pants. Man, and yeah, he's dude. jacked. Oh, jacked. Jacked. It and it's fantastic. I'm very happy that it appears that at least... I hope! For the foreseeable future, he's going to be in the United Kingdom division. I hope that's the case. More than anything, I hope that's the case because I remember in the Cruiserweight Classic, I say this all the time, we saw a lot of what he can do. Yeah. And on 205 Live, we didn't really get a whole lot right. of it. So right. I'm hoping now yeah. that he's on, hopefully in NXT UK we can see the full breadth of what Noam Dar can do. Mm-hmm, yeah. And in this match, we also, like we said sort of earlier, we got to see a bit more from Travis Banks in terms of what we've yeah, seen Yeah, more of the, the Kiwi buzzsaw stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. The, the super intense uh, wrestler. Um, this uh, match was a lot of fun. It was overbooked. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was I a like, ton of fun, I like, yeah. I like when multi-man matches are overbooked like that. Surprisingly, Noam Dar got the pin. He got the win, man. He's the first, first guy to be felled by Pete Dunne. After Zach Gibson. So it'll give Zach Gibson some time to come back around mm-hmm. to it. That should be mm-hmm. interesting how they book him. Um, and then afterwards, the Coffee Brothers. So there's, there's also a Mark Coffee. Yeah. There's he was sitting just... ringside during Joe Coffee's matches. Ah, right. Day one. Didn't uh, remember that. But uh, yeah, so Joe Coffee and Mark Coffee, the Coffee guys, they run to the in... ring and beat up everybody except Noam Dar. He had already left the ring. And at first, he was like, I'll go to the ring and said, no. Oh, he did that I twice. Do that, folks. And uh, yeah, then they stood and did some sort of fist thing. And then they did this. And they did this. Looking so, tough and mean. Yeah, mean guys. Effective though. Yeah, they're like a cooler version of heavy machinery. Mm-hmm. They're like neat and British, so they like scones. Uh, next Scottish. up. Next up. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, they're Scottish. I think they still like scones. Uh, next up, we had Wolfgang. 
versus Adam Colbebe. This is interesting. Wolfgang, would... Wolfgang, he he kind of looks like uh, Shane Douglas in like a marshmallow hat, like a baby. <laughs> He's like a puffier Shane Douglas. Do you think? Do you think they expected <laughs> the the heel face dynamic to play it out how it did? I don't know. When they booked man. this match, I don't know because Wolfgang comes out. And, you know, there's a polite reception. A smattering of, oh, hey, cool. Adam Cole comes out. Roof explodes. Yeah. With babies. Yeah. Oh, man. And then as soon as the bell rings, match starts, everybody's booing Wolfgang. <laughs> Just booing. <laughs> and to his credit, and again, I don't know if they expected this or, or, or what, he played it up. You know what this reminded me of? It so reminded me of, like... Remember when the NWO used to come to the ring and they were supposed to be the heels? Yeah. And then you'd have like freaking Hugh Morris in there. Yeah. And he would try to mock them, which is exactly what Wolfgang did when he tried to mock the Undisputed uh, Era sign. Oh, that's true. He did do the beginning. He so, did, yeah. 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 So they must have been aware of the fact that Adam Cole is going to get cheered. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't. No, you're not no. mocking cool because no. you're not. No. I like Wolfgang, though. This is a fun match. Adam Cole, holy crap. He was lifting up Wolfgang up on his shoulders. Yeah, and he did the original version of Last Shot to him, which looks like it'd be tough to do. He almost murdered Wolfgang. That last shot was rough. Well, it's not Last Shot now. Well, whatever Morrow wants to call it's it. It's OG Last Shot. Yeah, is that what Morrow calls no, it? No, that's what I call they it. They need to, though. That's what I call it. It's great. Because they used to be his finisher. He usually sets up the new Last Shot with OG Last he Shot. He has, though. yeah. So maybe it's a it's a combination. A combination. Of, yeah. It's, it's, it's a two-move finisher. Could yeah, be. that's what I'm thinking. Could be. That's what I believe. Anyways, Heel Wolfgang beat uh, face... At, or sorry, Heel Wolfgang <laughs> lost to face Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole retained that North American title. And on top of that, afterwards, he did his Adam Cole baby thing. The entire arena asked him to do one more. One more time, one more time. And complete and total most over baby face in the company, Adam Cole, then revved up the crowd. He did the Bob He did this and then started doing this and then did it. And the entire crowd just exploded with a baby. Oh, my God. Most over moment in the entire flipping tournament. Oh, it was great. Adam Cole's incredible. After that, we had a very short Mustache Mountain interview, both expressing their excitement over having won the NXT Tag Team Championships. Uh, after that, we had the most house show flipping tag match. Oh, my God. Velveteen Dream and EC3 versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. If you ever go to a house show... This is exactly what you'll get. This is what it is. Like, no risky moves, overbooked, tons of comedy. Mm-hmm. Complete silliness. Everybody sticking to their own move set. Yeah. Nothing, not going out of the way to do anything. Velveteen Dream had his merch shirt on and some obvious house show tights. Yeah. Nothing special about There was a this. great moment when uh, after uh, <clears throat> Aleister Black made his entrance and sat in the middle of the ring, they cut to EC3 and Velveteen Dream, who are, uh, who are ringside, mm -hmm. and Velveteen Dream's kind of laying like this on the barricade yeah. and then EC3 is sitting like Aleister Black but holding up three fingers on each other. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty great. funny. Now, it was fun and that's why house shows are so much fun. Because yeah, because they, there's a little more comedy involved to the it, whole proceeding. Exactly. It was a really fun match though, yeah. but it kind of ended. You figure EC3 was there to eat the pin because he's probably headed a main after SummerSlam already. Um, I know. And Velveteen Dream, he was selling an injury so like EC3 went for a hot tag, Velveteen Dream leaves he starts walking off. EC3 understands 
that lurking behind him is Alistair Black. Especially when the entire crowd chants turn around. Exactly. Turn around. And so he milks it for all it's worth, and he balls up his fist ready for action, turns around, eats Black Mass, gets the pin, or eats the pin. Alistair Black goes over. Uh, but there was, some, there was a lot of fun stuff. Ricochet fun, did Ricochet but stuff. But largely inconsequential. Oh, yeah, big time. After that, we had a brief Tony Storm interview where she said, I'm going to be the new. She said, I've been in the ring before with Shayna Baszler, I think, when they were in Japan. Um, and uh, She knows what to expect. She knows what to expect, and, and I'm, I'm going to be, be the new champion. Yep. This was the best Shayna Baszler match I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and a lot of it was, a lot of it was, I mean, it was mainly because of Tony Storm's ability to sell. She's, she's such a, a fantastic seller. She is a fantastic seller. She really is. I mean, she literally looked like she was choking Mm-hmm. Gasping for air. Yeah. When uh, during and, and after uh, Baszler had her in the chokehold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she was outside, um, you know, following the count, at, it looked like that she had been suffocated. Mm-hmm. It was pretty incredible. Um, so uh, the entire story of the match, leading up to the finish, was Shayna Baszler picking apart Tony Storm and ultimately focusing on the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she did the stomp thing on it, put her in all sorts of. Submission moves focused on the leg, mm. lower body. Yeah. Um, ultimately compromising Tony Storm's leg enough so that when Tony Storm did manage to hit her finisher, mm-hmm. which of course is, you know, the entire impact is on the injured leg. Yeah. She hits it, but but hurts herself in the process mm-hmm. and can't make the pin soon enough to score the victory. Right. And then it also came into play a little bit later. She was going to do one of those snap German suplexes, and she couldn't hit it on leg Shana gave Baszler. out exactly. Shayna Baszler was able to get behind her and choked her out. She got the, the first win. time she did that. Oh no, no, she didn't get the win by that. No, she yeah. uh, she got the choke on Tony. Tony got to the rope, so right. the move was broken up. Tony rolled the outside. Shayna went out there and choked her out. Mm-hmm. Got the count out win. Mm-hmm. But the way uh, Tony Storm sold everything. Yeah, great job selling the leg. Awesome job Looks selling like she the was choke. Crying. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. Tony Storm's gonna be massive whenever she decides. She's to gonna be huge. Come over to WWE full time. She's going to be huge, dude. I mean, really, once she decides, I'm going to join WWE full-time, just send her up to Maine. Oh, I know. She's so ready. I know, for sure. Imagine a Tony Storm-Ember Moon match. Tony Storm-Oscar. It's all good, man. It's all good. I can't wait. Uh, And then... uh, Main event. Main event. We had Zach Gibson versus Pete Dunne. Like you said... This was kind of like the most that we saw Zach Gibson have to face adversity, mm-hmm. um, but hell of a match. Yeah, it was really good. Just a really fantastic match. You also said it. Pete Dunn is operating on a whole nother level. Man, he's incredible. And he kind of showed why he was the star of this match. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Zach Gibson did everything he could, but I think this sort of goes back to the idea that Pete Dunn, even in the last year, like ever since he won the title, he's been killing it. Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely killing mm-hmm. it. He's a next level talent. It's hard to get in there and make a new star out of a guy when Pete Dunn is a next level talent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, it's it's just it's there's only a few guys like that on the planet. Um, it's going to take Pete Dunn moving up to NXT or the main roster. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, I, I, it feels like it's going to be an Oscar esque run for Pete Dunn at this point. It feels like it should be that yeah. he's going to have that belt as long as he wants to. Yeah, and then when he decides to to move on to N- to NXT in, in the states or to the main roster. That's when he'll give it who up. Who beat him? Because he was the progress champion. Who beat him for the progress? Like who? Weren't those guys like all progress guys? Like yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, before yeah. they ended, landed. Because they had because uh, uh, the I'm tag curious, titles. Like, who did he pass the torch to? 
Hold on, I'll look. Or if it was a more convoluted path. It was Travis Banks. Oh, okay, okay, all right. He lost it go. October of last year. Well, maybe maybe uh, they'll revisit that, you know? Mm-hmm. They could revisit mm-hmm. that. This is a fantastic match, though. Pete Dunn hit his X-Plex on the ramp. It looks Oof. like it hurt both guys oh, really gosh. bad. That was fun. Gibson actually kicked out of one out of a bitter end. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Um, you don't remember seeing that? No, I remember seeing it this oh, okay. match, but oh, okay. prior to this match. I oh, oh you don't it. remember somebody doing it before? Yeah, 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 I know, I know. I know. I mean, maybe Tyler Bate during their takeover match. Might have, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Gibson hit his uh, uh, lung blower off the ropes. Ticket to ride. He's from mm-hmm. Liverpool. Liverpool's mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he likes the Beatles. Yeah. Um, gets uh, done in Shankly Gates, but Dunn gets to the ropes, breaks it up. Um, that uh, twisting suplex deal he did to Flash Morgan Webster on the ramp. He did the same to Pete Dunn, except it was off the top rope and in the ring, not that on the ramp. That was awesome. Yeah. Because it was unexpected. Yes. <laughs> And then, uh, again, Shankly Gates, Dunn gets the ropes again. And, and he's, he's selling it. Oh, oh my yeah. God. And the Gibson starts kicking him in the face he and starts, the head. Yeah, kicking yeah. him in the head. Camera goes close on Pete Dunn, and he just looks miserable. Mm-hmm. He looks absolutely And then, miserable. like, he loses his mouthpiece, and he picks it up, puts it back in his puts mouth. Puts it back in, and they just start boxing each other yeah. in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it was great. Um, but in the end, Pete Dunn picks up the win after a second bitter end, mm-hmm. retains the United Kingdom Championship. He's going to have that belt as long as he wants it. Yeah, as long as Triple H... Wants to thinks that he's you know doing his job in in the UK division so he can bring him up to Maine because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. Him and Mustache Mountain both. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it is something else. It's going to be really interesting how they approach. Wh- at what point they're gonna, they feel they're going to be ready to to move on with this next crop? You know, I don't know if Mark Andrews is going to be. I mean, he hasn't really been seen in 205 Live lately. Not a whole lot, no. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to be sticking around the UK division. I'm not sure how, you know, a stat like what kind of ratio of established stars versus like this new crop they're gonna they're gonna deal with. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm really yeah. looking forward. to The talent's to this. there to put on a really captivating, interesting show on a on a weekly basis. Yeah, absolutely. And so if the creative is is good enough to match the talent, it should be a lot of fun. If creative's anything like it is in NXT Prime, man, this is going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm-hmm. a blast. And Tony Storm. Oh, I know. Tony freaking Storm, man. Yeah, they all came out at the end. It's like, this is NXT UK. This is what we do now. Yeah. So, yeah, this is fun. Anyways, that's it. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Till next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.